Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Galatians 5, let's go to verse 16. Look at this. The Apostle Paul starts here and he says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. All right, let that soak in for a minute. We'll see how long we stay on this verse tonight. See if we even are able to get off of this verse. So he says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So I have a, based on that verse, let's stay there for a minute. We're going to hang out there for a minute. Will the Holy Spirit ever lead you into sin? Don't get this wrong. Okay, thank you. You'd be surprised. People are kind of half here and half in the soccer game sometime and stuff. And they'll answer stuff. I'm like, no, no, that's not it. <laughs> no, please. We know the Holy Spirit will not contradict God's word either. I've heard people over the years say, God told me this. I'm all, brother, he didn't tell you that. Because it's actually diametrically opposed to Scripture. Okay? So I, I know that I've heard people say, well, God led me. Or, or they'll give you some crazy thing. God confirmed it. And I, I'm always interested. And I'm like, well, how did he confirm it? And they'll tell you something and say something. I'm all, hmm, okay. I don't know. I don't know if God led you into that, because that, then you find out later it's a mess. So let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. If you allow the Holy Spirit to guide your life, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Will the Holy Spirit ever lead you to commit adultery or to steal or to, no? Mm -mm. He's not. It's always, and he's always going to remind you of the words of Jesus. Remember, Jesus said, I'm going to send you a comforter, and he's going to remind you of the things that I've told you. So it's powerful because the Father sent the Son, and the Son sent the Holy Spirit. And it's all God. It's all, only God can do this, where He's one and three and three and one. We're created in His image, but we can't really separate ourselves <laughs> like God, right? He's still one. He's one and three and three and one, according to Scripture. All right? So it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will never go against the words of Jesus or the Father's will, ever. Ever. Okay? That really simplifies things. People, people have done and said all kinds of crazy stuff. I remember one time, this guy was in church. I've told you this story at least once. He was sitting right over, maybe where Alice was, because I was in the sound booth where Adrian is. And I was, he was sitting over there. He's a good guy, man. He's gone on to be with the Lord. But, you know, someone spoke in tongues in the service. And he felt led. He thought he needed to give an interpretation. That's very scriptural if you read in, in Corinthians, right? And so someone spoke in tongues. I don't know if it was my dad or somebody when it was quiet and the Spirit of God was moving. And so the guy thought he had a word, and he said, Thus saith the Lord. He said, I'll never forget his accent, because I was sitting where Adrian is in the sound booth. He said, If you don't be afraid, I won't be afraid. And I went. I was just, I could feel my face get red, and I was just, bit. can you imagine God saying, I won't be afraid? Kenneth Hagin one time said someone was in a service, very similar to that. Man, church stuff can be very interesting. A woman said, my, thus says the Lord, my little children, be not afeard, for I am sometimes afraid too. Can you imagine if the God you serve is afraid? We're in trouble. That is not by the Spirit of God. Now, it doesn't mean it was demonic. It just means maybe they were in the flesh. They just made up something. But the Spirit of God is always going to line up with God's Word. 
okay? Always. He's going he's gonna to point you in the right direction where you are lined up with God's Word to do the right thing and be. And remember, everything, you want to do everything in life that lines up with God's will to the best of your ability with His help. Even asking, asking uh, a petition of the Lord. He hears you when you pray in Jesus' name and you ask according to His will, right? We don't ask things against His will. That's not by the Spirit of God. So let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Another thing, it says later on, it says, well, in the epistles, I believe before here, in the New Testament, it said no one speaking by the Spirit of God will call Jesus accursed. You're not going to speak evil of Jesus by the Holy Spirit, right? And you can only call Jesus Lord by the Spirit of God, right? He helps you to do that. He leads us. Scripture says, Jesus said it, he will guide you into all what? Truth. Is that good news? Does the world need truth? It's a messed up situation out there. A lot of lies, a lot of deception, people looking for identity, people lying. It's, it's crazy. It's very, very deceitful. Scripture says, Jesus, once again, he said, and if, if those days weren't shortened, he said, he's talking about the end times, then if, if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. It's going to be so deceitful. That means even the people of God at some point, had the days not been shortened, it's going to be such a spirit of deception that it would even deceive true believers. Can you imagine that? Who knows what that even means? That is a level of deception we don't even understand. And you know, a good lie mixes truth and lies, doesn't it? We've all been captivated by a, a partial lie, partial truth before, haven't we? Misled. Or sometimes they're lying and you wanted it to be true so bad you believed it, right? We've been there. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Let's keep going. The sinful nature wants what? To do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the what? Sinful nature desires. So they are diametrically opposed to each other. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Sometimes we become neutralized because, man, we're, we're struggling with something. We're getting canceled out. Say, I want to do this, but then I'm struggling with my carnal desire. I want to do what the Spirit of God does, and then we don't do anything. They're constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. You want to do right, but sometimes it's tough. All right. But when you are directed by the Spirit, someone say, by the Spirit. Look at this. You are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Now, we've got to be careful with this. The law of Moses had three parts. Many, many principles, commandments, directives. But we know that the Old Testament, there is ceremonial law, right? There's ceremonial law and sacrificial law and also moral law. I've seen believers or so-called believers get to a place where they're living in sin and they say, I'm not, I'm not under law, I'm under grace. No, God's, God's never done away with moral law. Jesus satisfied sacrificial law, didn't he? He totally satisfied it. Am I supposed to be done? It sounds like an alarm. Okay, okay, it sounds like one. <laughs> I said, man, did I go over? I'm just messing with y'all. Making sure everybody's awake. Oh, no, I'm over. I just started. When you're directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. Remember, the Apostle Paul leading up to this point is talking about circumcision, uncircumcision, right? 
all these things, say, man, if you don't do this, then you're, you don't really love God. No, what it comes to now is, it's very simple. All the law and the prophets, they hang on these two things. Love God and love others. Love God and love others. And it sounds real simple, but it's not always easy, is it? I don't know if it was a bumper sticker. You ever seen some crazy bumper stickers? Do they still do those? They still sell bumper stickers, and some go way over the edge, man. If, if that's y'all, I'm, I'm not giving you a hard time. But, man, it's distracting to drive up because I feel like I need to read all of them. Like, oh, man, this light's about to change. I'm like, well. But I've seen a bumper sticker before. I think it says, it said, uh, God loves you and I'm trying. Right? One of, I don't know if it was my parents or my grandparents. We had a, we had a little yellow car. It was actually my first high school car. It was never fully mine. I'm glad, though, because I'd drive it to school and I smelled like exhaust. So I'd spray eternity cologne all over it. And that, that mouth probably made people want to throw up. Oh, exhaust and eternity cologne, but I was cool. I don't know. But on the, I'll never forget, on the back of that vehicle, one time it got rear-ended. I don't know who was driving it, my grandparents or my parents. But I'm sure they, were <laughs> they joked about it because they thought someone was maybe reading the bumper sticker. And all it said was, where will you spend eternity? Question mark. It's enough to just throw people off, right? So back to this, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses when you're directed by the Spirit. Because you'll never do, when you're directed by the Spirit, you're not going to do things to grieve or offend God or hurt people. Right? You're going to love God and love others. Let's keep going. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. We're familiar with all this. Sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is any kind of sexual activity outside of the boundaries of marriage, okay? Impurity, lustful pleasures, man, we could go on and on. Idolatry, putting anything in the place of God and, and making that number one, it could be an actual idol, right? Um, did, did anybody hear about this? It turns out that that, this is what I'm hearing. And they kind of kept this quiet. But you know that festival that was going on that, that Hamas attacked? Did anyone else hear that that was a gay festival? I wonder if that's true. I saw the idol there, and I'm like, you're going to be over toward Gaza, toward the, some terrorists. Not everybody that lives in Gaza is terrorists. There's lots of precious Palestinian people. But you got an idol. It looked like Hare Krishna or something. It wasn't quite a Buddha. It was some statue sitting cross-legged, and they're raving and partying in front of that thing. Wow. Can you imagine? That sounds like idolatry to me. And some people actually had the guts to say, oh, no, they were... At that rave, rave, right? Bad connotation goes along with rave. At that rave party out in the desert, they were actually, some of, they were celebrating the, the feast of something, uh, Sukkot or something, the, the, these Jewish holidays that are pointing toward purity and atonement and holiness and all these things. And I thought, how, with an idol out there? It sounds like something from the Old Testament, doesn't it? They're just serving everybody and everything. That's idolatry. Idolatry can also be, once again, putting things in the place of God. It can be your spouse. It could be binging on something often, you know, where you're just, it's, it's, it's coming between you and God and your Bible reading, your prayer time. Look at this, sorcery. Wow. It's witchcraft. Witchcraft can also be, if you see the root word for that, the Greek word there can also be linked to drug abuse. Drugs. All right. Hostility. 
quarreling, jealousy, mm, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition. Man, I'll step on anybody to get the, the promotion. I'll do anything. You know, the end justifies the means. No, not true. That is not good. Selfish ambition, dissension, division. What else? Envy, drunkenness. Look at that. Wild parties. Well, wild parties usually they go downhill. There's drinking and all kinds of stuff going on. They go downhill. Let me say this again. I may have said this Sunday. You as believers have no business being at a party where there's drinking going on. You may show up accidentally and you're like, oh man, I don't want to be rude. Be rude. Get out of there. Things happen at parties where people are drinking. You're out, you're out from under God's protection. I promise. People can make excuses and stuff. You've got, you've got to be careful with that. You say, are you sticking it to somebody? No, this is wisdom of God because it's happened over the years. I've heard stories, many stories of believers being at parties or even just decent people. Maybe they weren't even saved or they were riding the fence. They weren't really getting into trouble and, and a problem broke out. It's happened in Hobbes many times. Wild parties that can lead to sexual problems, man, alcohol and drug abuse, just all kinds of stuff. And it says, and other sins like these. Wow. Let me tell you again, these are the works of the flesh, right? As I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not what? Inherit the kingdom of God. You say, man, does that mean there's no forgiveness for that stuff? No, that's not what I'm saying. There's forgiveness. We turn away and we repent. We, but you don't get to the place where you're practicing that stuff. That's how you do not inherit the kingdom of God, is practicing that stuff. We're going to move on into some better news, okay? You ready for that? <laughs> but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Look, it's the opposite of many of those works of the flesh, isn't it? Instead of jealousy and, and division and selfish ambition, it's love. You read the love chapter? I was listening to the love chapter yesterday, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Wow, love is not selfish. It doesn't seek its own way. It's not irritable. Love, man. When you love, you just you, you take care of others. You put them before yourselves. You protect them. Here's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Why? They're all good things. Those are all engendered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit produces all of these. Let's read through those again. Let's read through the fruit of the Spirit again. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Very good. If you have to choose, you want, you want uh, the fruit of the Spirit, right? Not the, the fruit and the works of the flesh. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Now let's hang out there for a minute. There are many things now, I, could, I, would, I would hazard a guess, there are many things now that you do not do because you are a believer now. Even if it hasn't been long that you've been a believer, a year, two, six months, however long you've been serving God, you say, man, I've nailed the passions and these things, these sins and these desires from my sinful nature to the cross, and I've let that. When something was crucified, you know what happened? When the Romans crucified someone, 
they were as good as dead. You study Roman history, ancient history, Romans were very creative geniuses at executing people. They were harsh, and they made sure people died, but they made, they made a spectacle of you. And that's ironic because this is saying, look, I'm putting this all out for the world to see that this is no longer my desire. I'm going to crucify it in front of everybody. And I'm, a, I'm no longer going to be ashamed. I'm going to put that sin to shame. I'm no longer going to be ashamed. I'm going to put that perversion, that hatred, whatever, the evil scheming, the selfish ambition, the sorcery, the sexual immorality, whatever it is, I'm going to crucify that thing to, to, right on the cross with Jesus where he was. I love that. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Now let me say this once again. Sexuality is from God. Okay? I'm going to say that for the live stream as well, for the recording. No matter who this bothers, this is truth from God's word. Sexuality is from God, but within the confines of marriage, correct? Between a male and female. They say, oh, Jesus didn't mention it. He did. He actually did. Jesus said he created them male and female, which means they go together. Why didn't Jesus say male and male or female and female? He said male and female. That covers everybody, right? Look, I'm not making fun of anybody because people have been through stuff. They've been through stuff. But can you imagine you get to the place where you say, I'm going to, I'm going to angrily state that what God did isn't right, and I'm neither male nor female. And that's a tough place to be in. I know some of that roots in sexual abuse or verbal abuse and physical abuse and different things. But Jesus himself said, from the beginning, God created them male and female. And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother. That'll preach, man. Whoever's listening to me, you've got to leave mom and dad to go be married. Don't move in and stay with mom and dad forever. You may need to get on your feet and stuff, but you got to move on. And cleave to his wife. So for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, and he will cleave. He will hold on to his wife, and they will be one flesh. Wow, because they're male and female. They're meant to go together. Y'all with me? And I'm telling you, we love everybody. I encourage everybody to show up here. Say, man, I'm... I believe in this and I believe in that. Let's get in here and let's talk the word and let's see what God's word says about it. Not so people can be condemned. If you're struggling with condemnation, that's for another reason. Not because we're just reading the word here in love. Uh-uh. We don't condemn here. We, we speak the word so that people are convicted. Did you know many times when I preach the word, God convicts me of little things. Say, man, I need to do better at that. God's, oh man, it's a two-edged sword. You say, oh, no, he's just hitting us with the word. It's hitting me every time it hits you. So I got to stand up and be counted and be accountable and walk in holiness. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross. And what? Crucified them there. Hmm. That's, a, that's a statement of finality, isn't it? That's why the cross is not a popular thing. For sin or whatever, it freaks some people out. They say, man, it's, it's saying I have sin, number one, and then you got to go to the cross, and it's a bloody mess, and it's, yes, blood had to be shed to rescue a life, to redeem a life. It's just the law that God set up, and he went by his own rules, and he sacrificed himself to redeem us. Praise God, because we couldn't pay the price. We were bound and destined for hell itself, right? 
apart from Jesus. So once it's crucified to the cross, you let that thing die on the cross, just like the Romans did. Study that sometime. It was, it was a crazy, awful death to go be crucified to a cross. All right? Verse 25. Since we are living by the Spirit, we've established that, right? You don't want to follow the sinful nature of the old flesh, the old man and the old woman, the old nature, the old person, B.C., before Christ. You want to be led by the Spirit of God. So since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading where? Just, just on Sunday. Just sometimes. Just in my marriage, but mm -mm. let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I've heard people say this. I've known of people to do this, even in town. They say, well, yeah, church is church, but business is business. What? I knew a guy who said that, and he was supposed to be a, he was supposed to be a man of God at some point doing some questionable stuff. So church is church, but business is business. Oh, no. If I'm going to be a believer, then every part of my life will be touched by the blood of Jesus and by his will. They asked my brother when he first ran for, for city commissioner. They said, is your faith going to play a role in the decisions you make? Sounds like a loaded question, right? My brother, when he first ran for office, he went to people's door, and, and they said, he had a few people look at him, because you guys, Jonathan's really youthful looking. He went to people's door, and so this was like 2008, I think, when he first got elected. He walked up to people's door, and they go, you're asking for my vote, son. Are you even old enough to vote? <laughs> kind of messing with him, you know. Because Jonathan at the time, one guy said, you, I, think, I think this is accurate. You can ask Jonathan. I need to confirm it. I think someone said, son, you look like you're 16. He was well into his 20s, you know, but John's always looked very youth, youthful. But they asked him, they said, is faith going to play a role in the decisions you make? I, this is not verbatim. This is not word for word. But he said something like, my faith will always play a role in every decision I make. Praise God. Praise God. And it should. Say, well, no, I'm just a believer on Sunday. Or I'm just a believer when I need God. No. Since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And like Beatrice said tonight, we need God. We need Him in every way, for everything. To have a good marriage, to have a, uh, a blessed work life, to have a blessed family life, to function well for good finances, for health. You need God for everything. Because people have their priorities, right? But they forget. They forget that the greatest priority of all should be seeking God. Seeking God now on earth and planning for an afterlife with Him. All right? Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let me close out with verse 26, just so we'll finish up chapter 5. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Wow. So be led by the Spirit, but don't be too proud to listen. Hmm. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. That covers a lot. So be humble. And don't, don't try to hurt each other and provoke each other, make people angry on purpose. And don't be jealous of, every, uh, of, of anybody else. You have gifts that I'll never have. You have abilities that I'll never have. All right? So praise God for that. We all fit into the body of Christ in some way. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes.